Oh. Oh, shoot. Love you guys. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, LKN. Justin Kazebis. Happy Monday to you. August 14th, 7.06 a.m. Happy birthday, Grammy. That's Demi's mom. You know, we got a Grammy and a Jibu in our family. Today's Grammy's birthday. Happy birthday, Grammy. All of 30 years old today. It's an exciting day. How that math works out, I don't know. But it's Monday and I'm excited about it. I got a call. I got a call from, from the big leagues. They called me up. Tepper called me. Said, Frank's out. We're putting you in, Justin. Because we don't know what happened this weekend. We don't even know. We're not sure. And, and, and we're going to have to talk to Joe Berg. I said, you can't have access to Joe Berg immediately. I got to talk to him first. It's time to panic. It's, it, look, <clears throat> we're calling audibles. They're doing it fast, at least. I appreciate that he called me, appreciate that he called me this early in the season. Like, I don't want to have to step in, like, with four games left. You know what I mean? And rally the troops. Now I can have a whole season to really build relationships, to make sure Bryce Young doesn't get swallowed inside of the pocket. You know, people missing their blocks, that's probably unacceptable to me. That's going to be my biggest pet peeve. This O-line keeps missing blocks, I'm going to lose my mind. I'm just going to make them do laps in the middle of the game. No, 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 ref, we're going to take a timeout. We're going to take a timeout. Suicides. Let's put it. Everyone on the goal line. Everyone on the goal line. Water boy, goal line. I'm putting them all on there. I'm putting them all on there. 844-STUDIO-4. Should I take the job coaching the Panthers? That's what we need to know this morning. We're feeling right. We're feeling good. A lot of sports action. We're going to talk to Joe Berg at 830. He's going to... He's going to be in Studio A. We're going to connect. NASCAR, big weekend. Denny Hamlin didn't get a win. Denny Hamlin couldn't do it. Still hadn't gone to see that optometrist. Lines are still crooked all over the place. Not cutting it. Please don't make me call Joe Gibbs. Denny, please don't make me call him. Have a conversation. Don't make me do it, man. Come on. This is about championships. That's what it's about. Let's get there. Let's have a good week. You got to get your mind right. Road course action. I think I, I think I would like a road course. I like the oval because I'd just be wide open. But there's just something about the road course. You know, you're just changing everything the whole time. Getting it left and right. It's not just left turns in the road course. That's probably the biggest change to NASCAR history. It's not just left turns anymore. We've evolved. We go right when we need to. Going to have a gentleman by the name of Matt Wyckoff in studio here shortly. He's a teacher. Had a lot of education last week. That's not slowing down. CMS, you're getting closer to school. Youngins, you're about to go back. You got your swagger ready? Who's got their first day outfit already picked out? Who's got it? You got the backpack? Did you get a new backpack this year? Or are you rocking the same one as last year? How about them pens? Quick slot? Click, click. Ready to go. Matt Wyckoff, a teacher, made an app, developed an app focused on education. So he's big in like the trade arena in schools. Big advocate for getting these kids 
practical experience for real world jobs. I'm excited to have him in studio today. Uh, I believe 7.30, he should be arriving, depending on traffic. From exit 25 to between 25 and 28, where we're at, Lord knows how long that's going to take him. Now, Monday's typically, a, you know, a little lighter, a little lighter on the roads, a lot of hybrid work schedules going on. And so when he comes in, we're going to talk education. See, I'm a product of CMS. Bill, you're a product of CMS. We, we both went through, through Charlotte Mecklenburg schools. Oh, yeah. I don't, I don't feel like, you know, it's a terrible education. I feel like we're, we're doing okay. Do you feel like we missed anything? By going through CMS? Is there anything we, we, we missed? No, not at all. Not at all. I don't think so either. I just think that there's some really bad teachers. Oh. But there's also some really good teachers. Okay. There's really okay. good teachers. There he is. And we like good teachers. And that's who we want to talk to. We want to talk to the good teachers. But we're not going to talk junk about the bad teachers. Not too much. You know, Trump was in the headlines this week. We're going to hear, we're going to hear from Trump in a little bit. That's cool. So if you want to hear from Trump, we're going to hear from Trump today. President Trump. I need to get better about my vernacular. Because I get confused, like, if you're former, right? Like, if you're former, do you still throw the title? I, mean, I, think, I think you do. For, for, for respect. Yes. And I respect him, President Trump. But, like, when we had um, uh, Congressman Mark Walker on in the interview, former Congressman. I almost, I almost just beat the microphone down right there. Former Mark, Congressman Mark Walker, do I still call him congressman in that scenario? I was a little taken back, or is that, you know, campaign-style conversation? I'm not sure about that one. I know, I'm not sure about that one. So are you saying the president is greater than every congressperson ever? Yes. Okay, all right. Yes. Well, the, so, so certain titles get to attach yes. forever. Yes. Some not so much. Right. Like... Former world champion yo-yo looping master. Does that stick forever? World champion forever. World champion forever. Forever. Speaking of world champion, Bill, Boxcar Derby, have you decided yet on how we're going to approach this story and break it to the world? No. What we need to do is get one of the local champions on here for an interview. Oh. That's what we need to do. Okay. Let's get do you know any? Are you in that game still? Oh yeah, I know. I know a couple. Okay, well, let's get them in here and talk about some some box card derby. Baylor, Brighton, there it is. I know you're listening. There, you're there. Get on over to the studio now. Come on. <laughs> What's up for your Monday? Eight four four Studio Four had a couple of food adventures over the weekend. Look, I you know I like Bill. I can always <laughs> when I'm down, I just swing swing that pendulum to daylight donuts. You know, when you're down, you're out, and you might as well just house an entire baker's dozen. Baker's dozen is a little better because you get one more. It's not more. a bad thing. You get one more. It's not a bad thing. Had a couple experiences. I'll tell you about one real quick. Bricks. We, we did go to Bricks again this weekend. Noah, Noah and Emmy love pizza. They're top, it's probably in the top three. And Bricks is becoming one of the, the top spots for us. Burkdale is absolutely phenomenal. I love the whole complex. What North American Properties has done at Burkdale is nothing short of fantastic. And Brix's new location, which is close to the Regal Movie Theater now, completely different. The vibes in there are different than than the old spot. The old spot was more toward the middle, you know, the round the uh Oh, I know the roundabout. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right near there, it was dark, it was tight. It was like, ah, is this a pizza place or am I about to get mugged? 
You know, like I was a little confused sometimes I'd go in there. But now, bright, airy, beautiful, nice big bar set up, a bunch of tables. They got some outdoor seating. You kind of get that, you get to see inside, right? Like where they're cooking. You kind of can check it out and see as they're, they're making the za. We did the uh, BLT pizza. BLT pizza, but they throw a little chicken on it too. That's nice. It was very nice. That's nice. But always what the kicker is, is the dessert. S'mores pizza was the dessert. You can't go wrong. No, that's incredible. You can't go wrong. And I just have to remember that if I eat two pieces, I will get a headache. And so I have to limit myself to the one piece. And I balance it out. I throw a little Caesar salad with it. It's probably not the best choice of dressing, but my goodness, if it doesn't light the taste buds up. And that's what it's about. Had another dining experience this weekend. We're going to talk about it soon. We also got word of the day on deck. National holidays. Always going to celebrate with you. Always going to celebrate with you. We love hanging out with you, my kid. Get you a little... Hold on. Whoa, whoa, wait a second. Wait a second. All right, the day can get started. Good morning, LKN 844-STUDIO-4. Good morning, LKN. Justin Kazepis, 718. So I listen. I got a surprise tomorrow for you, Bill, because I listened to Dr. Fred's show on Friday. I enjoy listening to all the shows. I listened to Dr. Fred's show on Friday, and I called, and, I, and we had a good laugh. But I got I got something special tomorrow. I can't I can't do it today, but tomorrow, and I've texted Dr. Fred and asked him if he'll call in tomorrow morning at 7 30. Because I got a surprise. And I'm excited about it. What a tease. Have no idea if it's gonna go well or not. Okay. Have no it could this could end the radio station as we know it, potentially tomorrow. I'm not nervous at all. We'll talk about it tomorrow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right, what's next? Something. Something. Well, everybody's heard about the bird. It's time for the word of the day. What's the word? Today's word of the day is preen 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 p-r-e-e-n preen preteen nope okay no it is not a preteen okay preen it is a verb it's what you do a verb is what you do preen i'm ready for it in a sentence if i may sir she stood preening herself in the front of the mirror pruning no, close. No, not preparing. Close. Preparing. Kind of. Brushing. Kind of. Brushing her hair. Not too far off. Brushing her teeth. Too specific, but great example. Another sentence, please. The award winners were preening backstage. Preening next stage. Backstage. Busting at the seams. No. Preen. Preparing. Per. Mentally preparing. No, <laughs> absolutely not. I, I like the P and P though. The preen preparing. 
Yes, you're something that's pretty close. That's pretty close. But it's the word of the day, so it's a so little it's a bit little more. Little something. It's okay, wait, 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 wait. Let me think more. of something more. So to avidly prepare. Um, avidly. Intentionally. Okay. Yes. Intentionally yes. prepare. To preen is to make one's appearance neat and tidy, mm. or to behave or speak with obvious pride or self-satisfaction. In ornithology, preen means to groom with the bill. I do not know what with orn- the bill? ornithology means. With the, well, with the bill? To groom with the bill. I, I with don't you? Know. With me. To groom with bill. Maybe that's why I chose The definition word. of preen is to groom with bill. Yes, the bill. The, the bill. The bill. Because there can only be one. To preen is to make one's appearance neat and tidy, or to behave or speak with obvious pride or self-satisfaction. Preen. In order to preen the Carolina Panthers, Frank Wright is out and Justin Kazepis is in. Headline. Headline. Drop it. And you know who I'm going to hire? You know who I'm going to hire as my first assistant coach? Because who are they're, you going to hire? They're clearly done where they're at. Denny Hamlin. I'm going to get him out of racing because the boy needs to learn how to win championships. And he's going to do it with me on the NFL field. We're going to take over a new sport. We're going to do it. I got my gear. I'm all ready to go. Let me hold it. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on. Okay, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to get it. And that's what we're going to do. Thank you for that, Bill. Word of the day. Preen. Now, the way the, the, the anticipation builds through the week is Bill gives me a word that I must guess the definition of each day. But then the culmination actually occurs on Friday. Because on Friday, I've got to take all the words, combine them into a singular sentence, with an attempt at not being too loquacious and make sense. The advantage for me, which we learned this past Friday, neither Bill nor myself, and Bill probably more than me, does more than I do, have the ability to know if the sentence with such complicated words put together even makes sense. And so really what this is, is an exercise of just pushing the limits. And some people like pushing the limits. Some people enjoy that. You know who's really, really funny with pushing the limits? President Trump. Some some of the stuff, right, like... You got to think back to, to like, okay, so he had a TV show. Do you remember the, the it was it The Apprentice? What was the show? It was... Uh, yeah, The Apprentice. The Apprentice. You're fired. You're fired. The show was a banger. The show really was a banger from a business perspective. It, it was funny. It was a good show. Like, you're talking about, like, pitching, you know, major, major, major business leaders. And then, like, he gets, you know, he runs for president. I don't know if you heard about that. He ran for president. And he won. And then he ran again. And he lost. He's declared he's running again. But here's the thing. Have you heard about all these indictments? I don't know if it's been in the news. Have you, have you watched the news at all? Have you seen anything in the news about indictments? I have heard. He's got like 14 against him right now. It's like 14 indictments. It's just, it's just absolutely crazy. But so, so he got asked a question uh, by the gaggle because he gets followed around everywhere. You know, I, I think that'd probably be my least favorite thing of being like in the limelight is just being followed everywhere just be annoying 
I, it, because my mouth, I just start saying ridiculous things. But he got asked a particular question. Go ahead, Bill, hit it. Is there any chance you take a plea deal in Georgia? We did nothing wrong. We don't ever take yes, a plea sir. deal. Yes, sir. We don't take plea deals. It's a wise guy question. Are you going to change this? It's a wise guy. Are you gonna... We don't take plea deals because I did nothing wrong. It's we don't take plea deals. Interference. You know what that is? Because this is, these indictments are brought out by Biden, who can't even put two sentences together. Look at that. Let's let's just bomb them with it. Nope. A plea deal. That's a wise guy question. What are you being a wise guy for? Think I'm going to take a plea deal. Get out of here. The game that is being played these days has reached an unprecedented level. You do realize, and, I, and I'm I, I, Bill's going to have to rein me in at some point here. You do realize that it's all a game to all of them. To all of the leadership at the national level at this point, Convince me it's not a game to them. Convince me that there's some semblance left of reasonableness anywhere. Anywhere. Who's doing anything to help our country right now, to help our people that doesn't have an agenda? Give me a name. Give me a name. Give me a real person who will, and they can guest host Good Morning LKN for an entire hour. And they can talk about whatever they want. Whatever they want. I don't care if it's right or left. Be careful, though, because I'm going to come back with a vengeance if you mess up my show. I'm just letting you know right now. But give me somebody who actually has real policy that's going to benefit the country. And be willing to have a conversation. Like, hey, we probably have too many entitlements out there. We probably need to rein them in. Because there's some people that really need help. Like, let's help the people that really need help. Like, that actually need help. You know, it's kind of like the whole medical marijuana conversation, right? No, no, no. There's a lot of people with cancer. There are a lot of people with cancer. But just because you get headaches and that means you got to smoke some weed. I don't know, man. Like, I don't, like, is that is that what it's going to be? Why don't you just say, hey, I just want to smoke weed. I'm just throwing it out there. I'm just saying. Can't we just have a reasonable conversation about it? Why does everything have to be a game? And then you get into the whole like battle. Right? We're not even at primary season yet. Primary is really where it gets nasty. Because you got, like, you know, same family eating their own young. Like, that's really the way to describe it, right? Like, so the, the Republicans and the Democrats are pitted against each other. And then you got nonpartisan elections. You know, we got nonpartisan elections at the local level. And that's just kill or be killed. Huntersville this year? Huntersville? Bill, C1, baby. This affects you. This affects the, the, oh, the, the genealogy here yes, for you. Yes, yes, yes. 17 deep, I'm pretty sure, is, like, the number that's running in Huntersville. Mm-hmm. For, like, the commissioners? Love options. And it's five seats, I believe, that, that are up. And so I believe there's a total... It's either nine or seven. Forgive me. I have something I should know. Either way, it's a majority. So this election will locally in Huntersville decide... Decide what the future is of the town, at least in the short term. At least in the short term. Indeed. A lot of people get stuck on this development stuff. And it's easy to. Another building. Another building getting built. Our roads are full. Our roads cannot handle anymore. I don't care what the process is in North Carolina as to when a road can get built. I don't care how we pay for it. I don't want any more people moving here. Excuse me, sir, when did you move here? Last year. No one else. No one else can move here. Okay. All right. All right. Let's calm it down. 
Let's get back to reasonable conversation. How about the 20 other things you got to do as a commissioner? Like if you're only going to be running based on like development, like, all right, okay, we can talk about development. That's a piece. Sure. What about the 20 other things you got to do as a commissioner? How are you financially? Do you know how to balance a budget? What's your take on personnel costs as they continue to go up? Do you think we need our own fire department? Why aren't all these other towns? See, Mooresville's gotten smart. Mooresville has gotten smart, and they're bringing their traffic light system back from Raleigh here locally. Mooresville will maintain control of their traffic lights. It's going to take seven years, but they've at least started the process. You want to know why Highway 73 is a, is a joke in a parking lot when you drive on it? Because leadership hasn't gotten smart enough to pull the traffic light back locally. I'm just throwing it out there. Reasonable conversations. That's what we do. 844-STUDIO-4. We got Matt Wyckoff coming up. He's somewhere. Everything is locked, he says, in the building. I'm going to have to go find him. We'll be back. Good morning, LKN. Justin Kazepis, 733, Bills on the Sticks. Matt Wyckoff joins us now here in studio. A teacher at Olympic High School, world traveler, app developer. Is there anything you don't do, by the way? You're just all around nice guy. Yeah, I try, I try to do everything. Yeah, a little bit of everything. Let's get a little closer on that bad boy right there. Okay, so how long you been teaching? So this is, uh, I just completed 17 years 17 as a public years. school teacher in career and technical education. Now, has it always been here in the Charlotte-Mecklenburg area? No, I grew up in northeastern Ohio, in, uh, Akron, Ohio area, and um, graduated at Woodridge High School, Cuyahoga Falls. And uh, actually, it was my senior year. My friends and I doubled the square footage of my parents' house in construction class, and I decided, hey, I want to do what you're doing carpentry teacher because that was like the best year of my life in school and other kids need to know how good it can be and so your focus is trade so you, you teach currently at olympic high school in charlotte what when you when someone thinks of okay trades and that kind of thing what is the school doing currently as it relates to trades for education for kids so i'd say let's back up a little bit um I, you know technology education is an exposure to all the different industries. And so it, it, it's it's really hard to do because industry is constantly evolving, technology is constantly evolving. It takes a public-private partnership, let's say a private sponsorship of a school to really excel at that. And when I moved down here, it was a little bit of a culture shock. You know, nor, you know, the uh, Northeastern Ohio is your Rust Belt in manufacturing. So you saw a lot of uh, manufacturing processes, trades represented in, in the high schools, and even some schools were sponsored by companies like Cisco, for example. Uh, Brad Panovich would uh, remember that one because yeah. he grew up at Copley High School, and they were, they were sponsored by Cisco. And that's where that industry would train their tech technicians and, and onboard these students right into the workforce. And then um, as they grow as professionals, invest into their next level training and education. So directly from high school into the trade, skipping over this whole mantra of four-year degree and getting kind of right down to brass tacks and business? Is it, that the thought? In, in some cases, yeah. I mean, businesses want to grow you as a young professional. And so, you know, if you can demonstrate reliability, you know, dependability, you know, you're likable, all the ubbles, <laughs> um, <laughs> you can, you know, you can onboard and then and then have tuition reimbursement and continue, you know, the business partners want to see you continue to grow. So they're going to continue to fuel that. 
So what are you seeing then? Okay, that that's kind of the history. So these pu- public-private partnerships, companies come in, they basically sponsor, let's say, the school by helping put in the equipment, put in the technology, put in the infrastructure in the school so the child can learn. Okay, that that was a model. Is that happening here in Charlotte anywhere? Well, that's a piece of it. Um, really the biggest piece is an advisory board. Uh, that's what everybody could do a lot better with. An advisory board is made up of your largest employers, the, student, the uh, companies who are onboarding the students right out, right in and out of high school, sitting at the table quarterly throughout the school year and recommending curriculum transformation, recommending experiential learning, recommending on and off-site experiences that will um, recruit. I mean, rec- that's what they're doing. They want employees in their industry and so they're recruiting they're building a relationship they're building their experiences their skill sets and uh but that advisory board is absolutely essential and so are you seeing these advisory boards anywhere locally or is that yeah i I do yeah i do um you know i've seen stronger ones i've seen i've I've seen weaker ones um I, i see corporations that like to throw money you know down but really it's that relationship piece it's sitting at the table connecting with these students on and off site. Um, and some companies do a much better job than others when it comes to that. And I would imagine, yeah, every company is different the way that they they process and where they put their value and where they see for the future. And the future of the workforce for these particularly manufacturing and trade companies, I, I, there's a realization out there of the need. And, and so we're already a little bit behind, uh, I would just say, right? If you, if you think about supply and demand and the way labor forces, and it's hard to keep a job for or keep people from the employer's perspective because there is a lack of supply. And so if we look to the education of the student, when kids come into school, like, is this stuff they actually like want to learn or, or do you have to try to convince kids to come and take these classes? Yeah, there, there's a lot of convincing there. Um, ooh, that's a tough one. It's okay. Yeah. Um, you know, they've got to, first of all, they've got to tour the facilities. The parents have got to come out. They've got to see on site what's happening. They've got to meet the teachers. They've got to um, engage, ask questions. Um, and the students have to have to get up and off their apps, apps and their cell phones and their computers and walk walk the spaces and really analyze the opportunities that are out there. We cannot just passively see opportunities go by. They, they've got to get engaged. Yeah. And and so when at an Olympic high school, let's say, for example, when someone came into the program, w- what are you teaching them? What are the opportunities for them? Is it all just textbook or is there actually hands-on? What's the process like throughout the year? So the uh, local advisory boards in the past decades um, have really took an active role at Olympic High School. That's a little different than other advisory boards in the district. Um, and their active role is, you know, really, um, you know, they helped evolve the space. We have a near half a million dollar manufacturing facility with CNC, computer nu- numerical control uh, machines. We have uh, manual machines. You know, there's there's significant risk and liability with, with these processes. So, you know, there's... There's relationships there. There's there's mentors from industry constantly coming in, like in the first robotics team, come comes in after school and then on weekends throughout the school year, evolving their um, their competitive robot. And uh, there's so there's there's a there's there's constant engagement from the private sector, and then um, you know that that's that's where that that incubation is you know begins. But that half a million dollar machine shop that you know that. That's part of it. 
you know, but it's not all of it because, you know, technology changes. We have three axis machines. Really, we need five axis and more, right? I mean, we're, we're not really, we're just touching, scratching the surface. And so is it just one class at Olympic? Like, is it your class or is there multiple classes? How does the programming work from the education side right now at Olympic? So career and technical education, um, you know, we have the Academy of engineering which right now it evolves i mean especially now when it's very hard to retain and recruit new teachers so we started with four engineering teachers at olympic now we're down to one and and another one but it's constantly uh, evolving because it's you can't find anyone to teach so we've shrunk it we've you know we're evolving from where we were and trying to keep it sustainable and that's very difficult during these times. Do you think it's because of the pay? Like, because teachers that with the skills, like they can go into the private world and probably make a buku bucks doing this oh, stuff because they it. know how to it's teach it. It's all of it. it so. I mean, it's the pay. It's, it's you know, it, relating to young people today who, it, you know, it's a significant difference. And even just, you know, five to 10 years ago, the, these students are, are different than so you have to know how to relate to them. And that's it takes a lot of skill to do that. Well, and you've got kids yourself. And do you think that by having kids around kind of fluctuating near or at the high school age is helping you to connect more with students because you can speak their language, you're seeing what kids are dealing with these days in the world? Do you think that helps you in being able to connect with students? I think the number one thing that helps, honestly, is a project-based learning experience that is authentic and related to business partners and industries, and then allowing the students to drive the projects, right? Teaching them the design process, coaching them and critiquing them throughout the way, but not just lecturing them. Like, to truly relate to them, you have to understand who they are, where, where their interests are, and then connect them with with uh, projects that will truly inspire them intrinsically to uh, to evolve. So when I was at what it was Bradley Bradley Middle Bill where we did the CO two cars is that right Bradley Middle? Correct. Okay, so the CO two cars you guys do that? Uh, well, I don't personally, but I do have colleagues that do that. I did that. I did that what probably when I was teaching when I students at middle school. Yeah, in Hudson, Ohio. Um, but yeah, that's, I mean, when you give them a problem and you, a design brief and some resources to work through, and then you test and refine and compete that product on the market, right? That's really activating learning. And, and that's what we, we, we would get like a wood, it was like a kit, you know, you had like a wood block, you had a couple of access, axes, ax, axles, axles, a, a couple, a few wheels, <laughs> Uh, and some paint, and it was, sure. hey, here's a textbook on designing of shapes and how it cuts through the wind. And so it took a concept that, I'll be honest with you, I probably, if you just gave me a textbook and said, hey, learn how things cut through the wind, I probably would care less. <laughs> but then when you uh, you know added the practical application of, hey, here's a CO2 car to build as part of that process, I was willing to engage. Sure. And so sure. what is the level that it takes these days to get kids to engage? Like, does it have to be like these giant saws and loud noises everywhere that that's the level that they need for their minds to get excited? <laughs> or or is the classroom still just as effective when you're having conversation and dialogue? I would I would say both are important. Um, they, you know, it just, it, every student is different. And so, you know, I had one student, um, Andre, 
He was a, an exchange student from Brazil, and he was probably the most advanced programmer in the class last year. You know, we started off with uh, robotics, so he started programming robotics, got through it, built an AGV, automated guided vehicle with with a uh, an ability to um, it's a battle bot basically. So in the middle of the classroom, these 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 robots are battling each other autonomously, and then you can switch it over to manual mode and then battle like with a remote. That's awesome. We're talking with Matt Wyckoff. He is a teacher extraordinaire at Olympic High School focusing on the – what's the trade? Can I call it trade? What should well, I call it? Well, it's career and technical education is the department. Career and, then, and technical education. Yeah. We're going to stick with you, Digital Fam, Radio Fam. We're coming right back. Good morning, LKN. Justin Gazeppa, 747, approaching 748 very quickly. If you work that 8 to 4, maybe 8 to 5. Is it 8 to 5 now? 9 to 5? 9 to 5 doesn't even exist anymore, right? It's not a real thing. Uh, sitting down with Matt Wyckoff, teacher at Olympic High School, also app developer now. You can download Matt's new app, Your Student. It is on the iOS store. It's on Google Play, I assume. It's on all the different platforms where you can download apps. Not yet. I, okay. Oh. Uh, right now, it's just on Apple. Just on Apple. Well, that's okay. That's a majority yeah. of the marketplace. So uh, some people may 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 pick words with that. We've got a call in from Frank. Frank is on the phone. Frank, how we doing this morning, sir? I am doing absolutely fantastic, and I uh, hope you guys are doing well, sir. What can we do for you? Hey, so uh, yeah, uh, I was I went I went to North Idaho High School. Um, I got to participate in uh, a lot of the, the technical side, the engineering, the drafting classes, uh, all the clubs. Um, so, you know, something that, that really helped shape my, you know, my career path and, you know, what I decided to need, you know, what I need to do. But something that I saw um, with my teacher, um, Ken Stoff, is fantastic, fantastic teacher, um, was he dumped just so much of his personal money, personal time, personal investment, uh, into the students and all these clubs, all these extra things, um, because you know he really didn't have much support out, outside of that. So he didn't have much support in the you know the the private sector as far as any kind of funding. Didn't have much support in you know the public sector and the schooling and everything. So my question is this: um, as an individual, what could I do? Well, you know, where what whose name do I need to write on the check um, to help? provide to help, you know, even mentor, you know, where can I provide time as an individual um, to, you know, help, you know, mentors, maybe some of these students, or do you guys have something set up like that? Or is that something that, um, you know, there, is there any wiggle room there? So I would say you need to, you know, I would recommend starting with the, the schools that are closest to you and um, seeking to see if there is an advisory board and what they recommend. I know at our school we have a 501c3 um, that, you know, that we take donations through that help fuel fuel the our school specifically. But not every school has that, so maybe they run it through their PTA. But, yes, I mean, work closely with your your local school and get involved and and the advisory board is the absolutely most important thing. I mean, money is important, but that relationship piece of people getting together quarterly um, and really help just build that school up and, um, by, you know, resources, but also um, just brainstorming. I mean, really just getting together and, and figuring out what we can do to get these students real experiences. Now, Frank, do you think that you have the capacity to lead the charge on the advisory group there at, uh, you said North Iredale is where you went? 
Well, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know anything about, you know, how they are set up today. Um, you know, definitely something to look into. But, um, you know, I'm not sure that, um, uh, yeah, as, as far as, you know, I, I'd love to participate in the advisory board. I think where I've seen the most impact for, you know, me locally is, you know, I would have, again, I had that teacher um, that, you know, even after I had graduated high school, I'd gotten out of high school, he had these students that were like, hey, you know, this student's really looking at going into, you know, engineering, drafting, electrical design, whatever it may be. And I had an opportunity to mentor that student. Um, you know, and, and kind of get them, you know, work, you know, one-on-one with them and they ended up going on, you know, four-year schools or whatever it may have been. But, you know, that mentorship piece that, you know, somebody that was in the industry at the time that could really help with, you know, specific things, that that worked out very well. There you go. That's good advice. But it was like, that, it was that yeah. one-on-one, yep, personal contact, yep. That's the I, way to do it. It's about relationship. I appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Frank. We yeah. appreciate you, sir. Drive safe out there on those roads today, you you speed demon, you. Thanks, Frank. I <laughs> will do that. <laughs> so that's Frank Horvath. He's actually our engineer, like I was saying, and he's a good guy because he uh, he loves just helping, and he's all into the technology and the trade, and he's a prime example, I think, of kids that want to see if there really is an opportunity in the world. When we get to sit down with Frank and he does like networking for companies as far as like, you know, on network, like internet stuff. But then he also has this technical background where he can build circuit boards. He keeps trying to convince me that I need to get my ham radio license, which I'm working on. So there's a lot of opportunity out there to make connections and relationships. Is there any kind of regional group for teachers to kind of connect at that level where it's like, regardless of your school, like a Facebook group or anything like that? Does any of like that exist yet? No, there's all sorts of, you know, circles going on. I mean, I guess it just, you know, you just, it just depends on, you know, what circle you're going to jump into. (laughs) What's the mantra at the, and and I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to pick on just Olympic high school or one particular school district. I'm thinking statewide, I'm thinking national. What's the mantra of trade at the higher levels of school districts? Are they okay with it? Are they, are they seeing the value of it? Do they want to push it? Or does it take a back seat, let's say, to like these social issues? Or, or, or where is it at in the hierarchy of things right now, would you say? So when I moved down here um, from northeastern Ohio, I did see a, a lack of um, trades integration. Um, I felt like in Akron, Ohio, the trades were well represented in our schools. They were actively recruiting, onboarding, mentoring, bringing students into apprenticeships. You know, it, it was, to me, better represented compared to here. Um, maybe it was just the the times that have were changing at the time, you know, around 2005, you know, five, you know 2006 when I moved here. Um, so, you know, what I'm seeing now, like in Huntersville, we have an Aspire Charter Trade School, the first one in North Carolina. And, and why did that, you know, why did a charter, why did it take a charter school to, um, for that to, you know, be the focus, right? Is that the one Beatty's Ford and Hambright? Is that yes. where that one's going in? Yeah, okay. Yes. I've seen the building. Yes. Yeah, the first uh, trade school. So obviously- the Right tra- next to Hopewell, Bill. It's right yes, next to Hopewell. It is right next to Hopewell. And, uh, you know, what What a great thing. I mean, it, to really just focus in one specific area in career and technical education and go deep in relationship, in experiences, in focus. And, you know, I think that's a great thing. You're big on like taking kids to tour facilities like of these companies to see what it would actually be like to work in that realm and and to meet the and see the culture. And I think that's that that disconnect right with kids right now is 
parents, older adults are trying to figure out, okay, culturally, how do I connect with these kids when all they do is they have these social apps online or these games online? How do we connect? And almost like removing them out of the space, right? And just say, hey, open your eyes to the world as it really is rather than this digital picture people are trying to paint for you. Build the world yourself. Maybe that mantra may help. Exactly. Know. Understanding the culture of manufacturing, right? That it alone is, it could be a course. <laughs> yeah. The culture of the trades. The cult, you know, each, each economic engine has a culture and that is not represented as well as it could be, right? In a, in, you know, four walls. All right, so you 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 and a student developed an app. It's called Your Student. It is available on the iOS App Store. Uh, give us the rundown on the app. It's called Your Student. I downloaded it, and I was checking it out. Mm-hmm. A lot of uh, great talking points in there, a lot of great things to think about. What what it seems like you're trying to do right now, and let me know if I'm, I'm hitting the mark on what your vision is so far, is to get people to think about what it would be like working in trades and to try to promote also just a sense of well-being. You're a man of faith, and so you you don't shy away from that in the app as well, which I appreciate, Uh, but really just trying to engage a different type of thought process with people as it relates to trades. Is that kind of the takeaway I should have, or what should I I, be thinking of? I I would say yes, and and so much more. Really, right now, I'm actually pretty shocked that we got an app approved. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I had no idea that was going to happen uh, last school year, but yeah. you know, it did. And now I'm like, okay, what are the next steps? But really, I, I want the students to drive it. I want the students to drive it. I want parents to help drive it, but I want it to be a resource where you, where the community knows, hey, this is a great resource for my child to be mentored by the information, mm-hmm. right? I, it, it, you know, it, that's really it. Right now, we can control the the users and what they're able to post. And so we were trying to look for, I don't know, 10 to 12 students right now, maybe in high school and college, who who can help contribute, build content out um, in the genres, you know, the category. Because right now, it's like kind of like a media app, right? A sure. New, news. Threads. App. You can do th- like different posts and things like yeah, that. Yeah, artic- articles, yeah. It, networking events specifically. You know, where young people can get together, like with the Society of Manufacturing Engineers that do tours throughout, you know, throughout the area, um, but get get these students engaged in the professional world, but also, but also engaged in, um, you know, things that matter. And so, what's the big grandiose vision? Is it that this is a worldwide phenomenon where all all those kids wanting to learn about trades can submit information, see knowledge articles, maybe kids trying out different experiments and posting about it? What's kind of the big grandiose? Oh, vision? the sky's the limit. I'm just gonna let Jesus take the wheel on that, <laughs> and, and um, you know, people that are much smarter than me, I, you know, I just help help facilitate the space, and now. It's up to the leadership to uh, fill it. Okay, so your student is the app. Again, you can download on the iOS store right now. Uh, you're seeing the early workings of it. So do you have the kids picked out this year that are going to be contributing toward it? Or is it kind of any kid that comes through the door at the school can contribute toward the app? Or not, what's that going to be like? Not not yet. I'm kind of just putting feelers out there in the community and career and technical education world and, and the faith community and, and just see you know see if anyone can reach out and contact me and and. You know, if they're interested in helping build it out more, you know, I'm, I'm open to talking with you. So you're almost like doing this like a school project in the sense of it started in the school, it started with just a couple of ideas, a couple of students, and now you want to see how far it can go. Exactly. 
So what's then the future for Matt Wyckoff? Are you trying to be this trade leader, organization leader across the world and across the nation to convince kids that trades are good, or what are you wanting to do? I, ju I just want to continue um, helping facilitate these professional relationships for students. Um, I think it's really important to build these strong uh, mentors in these kids' lives and connecting with them and, and showing them the opportunities that are out there because not all these students know that they're out there. A lot of kids that, that have never dreamed of some of the stuff that, that's out there that don't even know that this stuff exists and to be able to be that light shining to them. So thank you for all that you do, Matt. We appreciate you. Appreciate you coming in. I know it made you a little nervous coming in here. Oh, you thanks for having great. me on here today. <laughs> you did so good. I can't wait to talk to Miss Kathy about how great you did. Oh, yeah. She's a better storyteller than me. <laughs> good morning, LKN 844-STUDIO-4. Your kid into trades? Your student app on the iOS store. You can download it now and learn more. Good morning, LKN. Justin Kazepis. 8.05, and we are approaching 8.06 on this Monday morning. Thanks again to Matt Wyckoff, a teacher at Olympic High School, focusing on the trade engineering. He told me the title to use, and I already forgot it. I'm sorry. I think he said trade engineering and that stuff. Uh, just the cool stuff, man. The cool stuff in school. Why aren't we doing more cool things in school for kids to learn? I remember the CO2 cars back in middle school. Like that was a big moment for taking book knowledge and making it practical. Same thing happened for me in radio. Same thing happened for me in business. And every kid's different. Like we got to stop this like set standard, you know, like memorize the periodic table. I'm just, it's just not going to happen. And look, you can say I'm compromising. I'm not compromising, but not everyone's a chemist. Some people need to be plumbers. Some people need to know how to handle natural gas lines. Some people need to know how to pour concrete and make concrete. You know, you tell me the difference between a mixer and a volumetric truck, okay? Let's go that route because there's a lot of practical application to that. Bill, you've watched concrete dry before. How, how, how big is that game? How big is construction and, and the trades? Super important. Skills that if you learn, you'll never go... Hungry a day in your life. If you drive on the road, if you ride in a car, if you make a cup of coffee when you get up, if you sit on the throne first thing in the morning, that took some level of trade to make that happen. And so on behalf of all, all of the trades out there, I'll just tell you, you're welcome. And we need more students who want to learn that. We need more leadership willing to engage with that level. Stop focusing on just four-year degrees. It's bogus. It doesn't make sense. You want me to go two more years of high school and college? Cool, because that's what it's become. The first two years of a four-year degree in college, high school. It's just high school continued. And so why don't we cut that out? Why don't we stop treating kids like they're peons and actually help them? Let's actually make the world a better place. Bill, I need a donut. I need a donut. Someone get this guy a donut. You know, I was going to surprise. I can't. I, this one. So tomorrow's surprise, I got a notification. I, we're going to be on uh, for tomorrow morning at 730. Hopefully Fred Lauer will be willing to call in. But next Monday, I, had, I made a call. I called Art, Art Fingannon, who was former GM of WSIC, Hangs out with the Daylight Donuts guys. I think I got Jody calling in next Monday. 
I look forward to the call. Uh, it's gonna be good. It's gonna be great. Just like my mouth is starting to water right yeah, now. Yeah, I know that's bit. what's happening to me. And it's like I'm like I almost drooled a little bit right there. So if you're on the WSIC news website or any of the social platforms getting to watch our video stream right now, I apologize in advance. I, I definitely apologize. Don't apologize. It's Daylight Donuts we're talking. Yeah, we're talking about Daylight Donuts. Hey, I, I, I heard this song over the weekend for the first time. Look, I, I told you I don't listen to country. It's not that I'm hating on country. Please don't. Look, I hate on baseball. I don't hate on country, okay? Uh, I, I, I'm not saying that country isn't good for some people. I just don't listen to it. There's a lot of great country people out there. Look, Rocky Lynn, country music superstar, one of the greatest guys I've ever met, the most humbling guys I've ever met, all-around great person. I like his songs. I like country music. Danny Carr, love her songs. I love country music. I love Zach Brown Band. I love Luke Combs. It's just I'm not going to turn it on in my car and jam with it as I drive down the road. That's just personally. But I heard this Morgan Whalen song. Demi, Demi said, you hadn't heard this song? I said, babe, you know I don't know any songs. I don't know any new songs. Last night we lit the liquor dog. That song? Have you heard it before, Bill? Yes. He shaved his head? Shaved his head. On stage? Oh, did he do it on stage? I have no idea if he did it on stage. I'm asking you if he did it on stage. I do not think he did it on stage where was he when he did it probably i have no idea does You're that the one telling me about this does, i don't know does that, <laughs> does that change your thoughts about that song and all the fact that this guy shaved his head uh no he had an awesome haircut though what was it the uh i think he called it a tennessee mudslide see and, and demi showed me the picture of him with the mullet with the full mullet yeah and i think he had like what the fu manchu kind of thing going on too at yeah, one point a little something going on and and she said you what do you you've seen this guy before. i said i said i have never seen this guy before. i said i, I would i believe you justin I, I would never forget a haircut like that yes never forget a haircut yeah, like pretty that. awesome and so i heard that song for the first time after about 12 seconds i said okay i get it and i was ready to move on but that's a really really popular song right now oh and, yeah and this guy goes and shaves his head you can't miss right now is he having a britney spears moment uh, no. No, I don't think he's there. I think he has done a lot of self-reflection in the past. Um, I think he made some mistakes a little bit earlier on in his career. Uh, but he seems to be on the up and up. I know he had, uh, what do you call it when the singers can't sing as well anymore? Laryngitis? Laryngitis, some sort of I just made that something. up. I don't know if that's what he had. I think he had some sort of vocal thing. I think he had to cancel his tour. Really? Put it on. put it on hold. Like right now? I think so. Wasn't he just performing like the other night? Well, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he's better. I'm pretty sure he was in Columbus, Ohio this past weekend. Okay. I, from what I hear, there was someone else who, who I think is a friend of the family who went. I'm pretty sure. Unless it wasn't. And then I saw this other guy, Jelly Roll. Have okay. you seen this guy, Jelly Roll? I do not know Jelly Roll. So, and I and look, and Demi, <laughs> I was asking Demi about, I, I couldn't help but laugh. Like, okay, great stage name, Jelly Roll. I'll, I'll, I'll team up with him and battle Krispy Kreme all day. Yeah, he sounds awesome. And, and, and I said, okay, so describe for me Jelly Roll. And she said, you know, in no disrespectful way, he's self-describing. And then you look at the guy's wife. And then you start asking some questions. You got to Google it. Jelly Roll. Not this donut. Jelly Roll country music star and wife. Google it. See what happens. And it may, it's one of those things like you wonder how people meet. You know? Like I think back to the story of Demi and I, how we met. Ben Daniels, our senior director of Sensory, he and I were at App State together. I'm telling him about this dish I'm going to make for my dad for, for Father's Day. We're Greek. I'm going to make some pasticcio. And, and he says, oh, I know this Greek girl. You should meet her. I'm like, nah, I'm good. 
keeps pushing me, keeps pushing me, keeps pushing me. I finally say, okay, yeah, 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 okay, leave me alone. I'll meet her. That's fine. I'll meet her. I got things to do, but I'll meet her. And then I, and then I meet her. Blind date. Pick her up at her apartment. She opens the door. Hey, you little cutie. I'm Demi. Kismet. Didn't look back. Pretty much got down on one knee right there. Do you think it was the same now, Bill, as you're staring at the screen and looking at Jelly Roll and his wife? You think it was the same? You think they met on a blind date? How do you think they met? Uh, Jelly Roll and his wife, Bunny, um, who seems to have had a, a positive effect on his life outside of career. Um, Bunny seems nice. You think that she this inspires him? This is my first him? time seeing these people, so <laughs> I, I don't know. Do you think how she that. inspired him to tattoo his face? Yeah, that's maybe. I don't know. Like, I love you so much, I'm going to tattoo my face. Yeah. Hey, I love you, Justin, so much that I would tattoo my face. You would? Yeah, a little GMLKN right under the left eye. Yeah. Dr. Fred just texted. He says he will come on tomorrow. Uh, he's asking, are we on YouTube? Are we on YouTube right now, Bill? Does it show on? Uh, we should definitely be on YouTube. I, I believe we're on YouTube right now, Dr. Fred, if you're listening. I do believe we are, sir. Uh, you did not break the machine on Friday. You did good with your secret words like Vidco and all that, and so we appreciate that. Uh, we appreciate that, Dr. Fred. But I, but I, and I told Dr. Fred, I said, look, don't shy away. If you, got, if you want to use code words, some of it's just funny. It actually creates better engagement when we use some, some of the code words because people start wondering. Um, so it's a good way, actually, to draw even more attention. But don't shy away from the topic. Don't, sh- don't you let them scare you, Dr. Fred. See, Dr. Fred has access to this medical information and these studies, and he knows how to actually interpret it. Me, I'll just make stuff up. Me, I'll just make some cucumbers now known to cause cancer. Nope. You don't want me saying that kind of stuff out on the air. I don't know. Jelly Roll's wife has her own thing. I'm she, sure she does. She's got a podcast called Dumb Blonde. I'm sure I, I, I would not have, I would never call uh, someone that, but if that's what she wants to call it. Good morning, LKN. Hey, Bill, question for you. Who's that, uh, who's that new uh, community calendar girl? I don't, I, I'm, I'm interested. Good morning, OKN. Justin Gazepis, 818. You might be heading on into work right now, driving on the open roads. How's it look out there? What's the traffic like? We're working on a deal with iCats. iCats is going to be calling in uh, uh, pretty much every day, I think, giving us traffic updates. We're excited about that new partnership we've got coming up because we want to provide you the most up-to-date traffic status on the streets who better than iCats i mean these guys these guys will come pick you up it's like a dollar bruce isn't gonna be having me on me just saying it's a dollar it's like a dollar i think it's a dollar they go different places they'll pick you up you got appointments you got doctor's appointments you got things you got to do iCats can hook you up so we're going to start talking with with the iCats drivers see what's going on out there in the world and they're going to call in and give us traffic reports so we're excited about that and so, so Bill is telling me that, that Jelly Roll's wife, Bunny, is also a podcaster. And they seem happy. They seem happy. It's just one of those stories when you look at them, you say, how did they meet? I just wonder. Come on. There's people you look at when you say that. And it's not an, I'm not being mean. I'm just asking the question. How did they meet? I'm curious. I'm curious what their story is. They seem like maybe they have similar backgrounds. Maybe not. I don't know. And I think about that, uh, you know, with my own relationships. How, how did we meet? Sometimes I say that. You know, that community calendar, I'm trying to meet her. She sounds nice. I'll see her later. 
All right, we're going to do some national holidays because it's a, there's always a holiday. There's always something to celebrate. We want to celebrate with you. We enjoy celebrating. And so uh, we're going to do that. Hey, Bill, tell Hope we got to go. Tell Hope we're on air. We got to go. We love when Hope calls. We love when she goes. National Financial Awareness Day. Big day. Big day. Where are things at? Where's your dollars at? Are you financially aware? Financial independence. That's what we're all striving for. Pakistan Independence Day. I don't know how I feel about that one. I'm not, I don't, I don't hate on Pakistan. I'm not hating on Pakistan. I mean, they did, didn't they harbor bin Laden though? I'm pretty sure. So I don't know. I don't know about that. Love your bookshop day. All the readers out there went to Barnes and Noble this weekend. Again, we were at Burkdale. We took a little stroll around. That's the nice part about Burkdale is it's not just like one shop, right? You go and you can eat or you can go shop and whatever. And then you can walk around. You just walk around. Because there's a lot to see and a lot to look at. So we pop into Barnes & Noble. Kids love books. And so I, and I love uh, promoting that for them. All for kids reading, getting better. Uh, and so they picked out a couple of books. Noah picked out this really cool book about cats. And it's like all the different types of cats. He's obsessed, like tigers. Black Panther is his favorite character. And so he absolutely is obsessed. And so he loves like tigers and lions and panthers and all this Every time we see the Carolina Panthers, like, oh, Black Panther. I'm like, well, that's, that's a di similar, different, but same, same. And so uh, and Emmy picked out a book, like one of those spy books, like you flip the flap, flip the flap love books. You know, like, oh, where is this? Where is that? And the problem is when we go to these stores, my kids just gravitate toward the loveys, what they call them, the stuffed animals. Loveys! Yeah, we got about a thousand. We got about a thousand of them. We don't need any more loveys. Let's get a book. Let's get a book. Daddy, how about this giant shark? That's cool. Do they have it in book form? Because we're at a bookstore. That's what you try to do. And walking around Burkdale and it's like the Cheesecake Factory. Cheesecake Factory in Burkdale opens for lunch tomorrow. 11.30 tomorrow. Lunch, Cheesecake Factory. I don't have a reservation. I'm not about uh, to go and sit around and wait on the Cheesecake Factory. They, they put it there in Burkdale. And these cheesecake factories, the one in South Park is massive. So I'm wondering what it's going to do for Burkdale. Uh, there's also um, where Pier 1 Imports and then also became that other random store. I can't remember off the top of my head right there at that front corner when you come into Burkdale. Is that the new Apple Store location? Is that where the Apple Store is going? I mean, it would make sense. It's right next to Barnes & Noble. It's real, you know, up front. You know, you're going to see it when you drive past. That might be, might be Apple. I don't know. We're going to have to talk to uh, North American Properties and Burkdale Village. We're going to have to find out. We're working on getting them on the show as well. We'd love to have them in. National Creamsicle Day. Kids love popsicles. It's been hot. It was hot all weekend. They love some popsicles. We hit up the freezer in the garage. Little fruit pop. Yum, yum. Enjoy it. You love a good creamsicle popsicle, Bill? I like a popsicle. I don't. I think I've had a creamsicle lately. That's um, you know, it's orange. That's orange. Oh, the orange one. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. yes, yes. No, delicious. Yeah, absolutely delicious. Emmy's not into um, having sticky things on her hands right now. She's two, right? She I'm with Emmy. She so she now has me hold her popsicle while she eats it. Oh, she's got a nice system there. She's smart. She's figured it out. She knows I'm a sucker, and I'm going to do it every time. So National Creamsicle. How's Hope doing? By the way, is she good? 
Uh, yeah, she's doing well. Good, excellent. Uh, National Tattoo Removal Day. Do you think Jelly Roll and Bunny have that conversation? Like, hey, let's erase some of this and start over, or are they just going to keep going? What do you think? They're definitely going to just keep going here. Just keep on going. Yep. Uh, U.S. Victory Day. All right. Isn't that every day? Can't we just say, hey, we're victorious? Kind of. Every Win the day. day. Win the day. World Lizard Day. Hmm. You ever had a lizard pet? I have not had a lizard pet. I've had a roommate who had a lizard pet. I think I had a lizard at one point. I had a snake at one point. You remember that? Oh, I do remember the snake. I remember when we could not find the snake, and the <laughs> snake was in your bathroom curled up <laughs> underneath one of the wood panels. I had a bow constrictor at one point. My dad hated hated the fact I got a snake, right? Like He was a smart guy. Just biblically, absolutely do not bring a snake in this house. I got it anyway. I was like 15, I think, at the time. And we lost it. Because, you know, we'd take the snake out. You don't want to feed it in the same container. Yes. You know, the same aquarium as where they live because... When you start just dropping food in with your hand, right, at some point, that they, hand looks tasty. they gonna start getting at it. Mm-hmm. So we would take the snake out, put it on the bed. I don't even remember what we called her. I think it was a her. Uh, she, You turn around for two seconds, and she was gone. And I didn't know, like, where the snake went. And it was some time that... I just was one day in the bathroom, and I don't remember what I was doing, but, like, I popped this panel off on, like, the side of the sink... And there's the snake, li- still alive, living inside of the kitchen, the the bathroom vanity uh, in the side. And I, I got it out. I, I didn't even realize. I, I don't even know. I think I still had the tank in my room. Yeah. I don't know if I even ever told my parents that we had, like, lost the snake. Yeah, that's a stressful scenario. Because they just, like, at, at the point I got the snake, my parents just stopped coming in my room. They just were not interested in being around it. Uh, same. And And... and and then, like, here's where this, so the snake ended up losing the battle. I, I would put the snake in a bin outside, like, to feed it. And it would just eat frozen mice. Or no, 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 alive. No, alive. It was alive. alive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it was alive. A- and it was like a day, the snake didn't end up eating the rat. I come out the next morning, the rat is eating the snake. Pretty medieval scene. It was traumatic. It yeah. was bad. Like, I, I wasn't expecting it. I was not expecting it. The then rat, you had a pet mouse. And then, <laughs> and then I just put the lid on the bin, threw it in the dumpster. Just go, Is that the proper way to dispose of a snake? It was that day. It, it was gone. And then quickly thereafter, the tank, I think I sold it on, on eBay or Craigslist or something, made a little bit of coin back. Not a whole, whole lot. Not a whole, whole lot, but made a little bit back. Uh, Cursed cage. It was Before it was a sale. bad scenario. It was definitely like I should have never gotten that snake, right? Like that was one of those lessons like Yeah, but we would have never have known. That's true. You know, you live life, you experience things. We did. We we try to get some good experiences. You know what's always a great experience every day? The home ad show. Mm. Pat Shannon, National Treasure, hosts the home ad show every day from nine to eleven. And at ten forty five he spins that wheel. So if you've got a birthday or anniversary, you're calling in to the home ad show. You know who we're, we're expecting actually a few big calls. Halle Berry. Halle Berry's birthday's today. She stays calling Pat. Halle or Haley? Halle. Halle. There but, is a Haley Bailey. Is there? I think she might have been the mermaid. Oh, maybe it's her birthday too. Maybe. Magic Johnson's birthday today. Okay. You know, he figured out how to cure, he, he learned how to survive with AIDS. Yes. And that's a big deal. Yeah. You just have to have lots of money. 
Yeah, the South Park episode took care of that. Tim Tebow's birthday today, too. Shout out Tim Tebow. Big ups. Maybe I'll bring him on as assistant to the assistant coach at the Carolina Panthers. He'd be a good one. I think he'd be okay. Uh, Bryce Hall, do you know who Bryce Hall is? Bryce Hall, is he a football player? Nope, I don't think so. Nope. He looks like, I'm going to guess he's a singer. No, he's he's a famous content creator. How come we don't know him? I don't know Bryce Hall. I don't know him either. Uh, Chris Perez, he's a guitarist. Also his birthday. Um, so we're expecting some big calls into the Pat, to the home ad show with Pat Shannon today. Because they'll get their name on the birthday list. And then when Pat spins that wheel at 1045, he assigns a number. It's random. He spins the ginormous wheel that you cannot put up on the desk because it's so big. And whoever wins, a slew of prizes. Daylight donuts. Free salad from the boxcar grill. Free coffee or smoothie from Lake Mountain Coffee. Great show. You're going to want to check that. That's every day, Monday through Friday, uh, 9 to 11. Today's a big day in the lineup. Today's a big day in the lineup. As soon as we're back uh, from the break, we're going to have Joe Berg on, host of The Scoreboard with Joe Berg, WSIC Sports Director. He's going to be joining us from Studio A. Definitely have some questions for him. Definitely got some questions for Joe. Going to start with Denny Hamlin. Going to try to figure out what the French is going on out there. Why can't we win championships? Going to talk about Bryce Young. You know, he put a big bet on the line on the Caesars Palace at via VPN here in North Carolina uh, that Bryce Young was going to throw a touchdown pass very first game. I'm pretty sure there were no touchdowns had by the Panthers this weekend. No, not this weekend. We're saving them. Is it, so it's early. That's the mantra, right? It's early. It's early. Let's yeah. not panic. I mean, we always can. We, we can always fall back on the panic. We can. That's but an it, easy we just button. don't need to right now. Instead of a uh, easy button, it's panic, panic. Just start shouting it, right? But this is this is why Tepper gave me a call this weekend. He said, "Look, they need some help. We're calling you up, the big guns." So I got to break it to Joe Berg that they picked me to be the coach. We'll see how he feels about that. Good morning, LKN eight four four Studio Four. Going to tell you about the rest of the lineup too today. Woo, fire, just fire. Love you, my kid. Good morning, LKN. Justin Kazepis, 8.35. What an intrinsic morning it has been thus far. But I got a problem. Got a problem. Nobody listened to Joe Berg's coaching advice on Charlotte FC this past weekend. We had a chance to win, and it only took one move. Slide tackle the ish out of Messi. And just break the legs. Joe Berg, what happened? Why did they not follow your advice? Well, you know, it, it didn't start off well, and I did say that as long as we keep Messi off the board, they'd have a chance. Uh, even when it was 3 nothing and Messi hadn't scored yet, we really didn't have a chance. But the uh, fourth goal by Messi really uh, put things away. You know, three you can catch up on, but four, that, that's tough. Four no, you know, in soccer, it's more of like two you can catch up with. Three is a lot more complicated. Sure. Four is you're, you're, you're hoping to be done soon. Did anybody even get close to his left ankle, or, or what, what happened there? No, I don't think so. Uh, I think they kind of covered him the best they could. He had a, a few really high opportunity chances, so they got lucky in that sense that he didn't finish more. Uh, but they, they just kind of were outplayed for most of the game. 
and, and it's unfortunate to lose. It's unfortunate to lose. But now, give me the summation, your your analysis on how Charlotte FC did overall, expectation wise. Did you did they surpass expectations? They definitely went farther than everybody was expecting them to. As one of the teams in the MLS that's currently not in the playoffs, uh, a majority of teams make the playoffs in the MLS, but they still didn't wow anybody. I mean, they won their games in a shootout. They had one really good game where they won 4-1. to one. Other than that, it was kind of just scraping by. They beat the Houston Dynamo on an own goal. So it's not like they, they wowed the competition and said, hey, Charlotte FC is actually better than what they've been playing. Uh, they just kind of scraped their way by and was able to find a way to get the wins. See, it's a matter of perspective, Joe, because if you can get a team scoring on themselves, I would say you're doing big things. Yeah. That's it. I, I agree. Okay. So see, they did surpass expectations. All right, what happened at Brickyard this weekend? What's going on? Um, well, we had a surprise winner, surprise-ish winner. Uh, Michael McDowell absolutely dominated. He led 54 laps out of the 82 laps, and he won the race, locked himself into the playoffs. He's 38, right? I'm pretty sure he's 38 years old. He is 38, and this is like, he's a guy that started his career running a part-time schedule. He's been with Front Row Racing for a majority of his career, and they just now started to turn the page where they're participating or they're competing every week. Uh, he's running a full schedule for the past few years, and last year he won the Daytona 500. This year he wins at the Brickyard. And your boy uh, Chase Elliott got second, I saw. He did, but you know what? As good of a day as he had, he still needs a win because he's 80 points from the cut line, which is going to be just impossible to come back from. How, how many points do you get if you win a race? Is it all the set same, like you win a race, like no matter what race you win, you get 20 points? Or, or how does that work in NASCAR? Yeah, so I'm pretty sure the way that the actual end-of-race points work is the, the winner gets 60 and then the second-place driver gets 55, and it drops a point or two from there. Uh, but the biggest thing is stage points. Uh, McDowell and Elliott both got a ton of stage points. And even though El Elliott finished second it, and gained all those stage points, it did not help him uh, gain points on that cut line. Because when, uh, when we went into this race, McDowell was below the cut line, it moved him into the playoffs. It knocked that cut line a little bit lower. So now more drivers are out on points. And uh, Bubba Wallace is currently the last driver in by 28 points over Daniel Suarez. Are you, are you bandwagoning Michael McDowell now the rest of the series or what? No, I just I wanted him to make the playoffs because he definitely deserved it. He's had a great year. Uh, he's been fighting in the top 10 for most of the year. Uh, and he's a likable guy, you know. He's somebody that hasn't been running up front much, so it's always good to see those kind of guys get their chance. You think Denny Hamlin has any chance whatsoever of ever being, like, just considered to be anywhere close to a good driver, or is he just washed up now? No, I think he's a good driver. I just don't know if he's going to be considered one of the greats. And what's stopping him? Is it? I, I blame it on his optometrist. What do you blame it on? I just blame it on the fact that he hasn't had a championship yet. So you just think he's a bad driver? No, I think if he, get, if he does end up getting that championship in the next year or two, I don't think he has that much long of a career left. I mean, he's, he's up there in age. 
But if he gets a championship, it'll change the perspective around him. For It's just like any other sport. You know, we look at quarterbacks. Like, if Dan Marino would have gotten a Super Bowl, he'd be looked at in a completely different light. But you calling Denny Hamlin old, isn't that discrimination? I don't, I don't think so. I think it's a, a fact of life. Okay. DeMar Hamlin played uh, for his first game. He did. What, what, was, the, what was the sentiment? Did, did they just kind of let him run around? Was everyone afraid to hit him? What was that like? No, I mean, he made a couple of plays. He didn't play most of the game, uh, but he did make a few plays. Uh, he was on the kickoff team making a few tackles. So, Kickoff uh, his, special teams? Yep. You talk was, about getting lit, dude. That what? was his role last year. Now, as much as we love DeMar Hamlin in the story, he was not a starter. He was a, a third stringer, and um, most of his time was spent on the kickoff team. I, special teams would be tough, man. You talk about the guys that just take hits and, and just do a bunch of hitting. That was always the extreme. And I, is, that, is that talked about a lot, the fact that just special teams, you just run full sprint and just knock somebody out? Is that talked about in the, in the NFL world a lot? It, it is, and I'll tell you what. One of the things that's going to be changing in the next few years, uh, I think within the next five years we're going to lose the kickoff. You think we're going to lose the kickoff? I think we're going to completely lose the kickoff in the next five years. That's, that's a significant amount of the roster gone right there. What happens to all these people without jobs now, Joe? What are we going to do? Uh, I learned how to play wide receiver, I guess. I, I don't know. But you know what they're doing this year with the fair catch inside of the 25-yard line? It automatically gets brought out to the 25-yard line. They're just trying to do everything they can to make less and less kick returns happen because that's the only play in football where you do not line up on a line of scrimmage. Even on punts, you line up at the line of scrimmage. The kickoff is the only one where you don't, so there's just once, you, once it's caught and everybody runs towards each other, that's where you're having the most uh, injuries and concussions on the field. You know, we've got engineers that go into nuclear power plants and risk their life. These football players sign up for it. Are we becoming too much of a pansy nation as it relates to football and trying to create these rules and just not letting them play the game? I don't think so. I think the the kickoff, me personally, I've never been a fan of it. Um, It just kind of kills momentum of the game, in my opinion, because everything's from the line of scrimmage. Everything is... You know, set hike, and then you have a kickoff, which is completely different. Not to mention, if you get rid of the kickoff, what's what are you going to do on the onside kick? Uh, but that's a whole different story. But I don't think that uh, it's getting too. Uh, I guess I'll call it weak out there. Weak because, sauce, I believe. Yeah, is the weak, weak sauce. No, I, I don't think so. All right, what happened in the world of baseball? Did anybody do anything besides sit in the dugout all weekend? Yeah, I mean, baseball, it's been pretty steadfast here. We're getting close to the end of the year. Um, Thank God. I'll tell you what, I feel bad. I just, I, I think I jinxed our Cincinnati Reds here. Uh, it, it, they haven't had a good run as of late. They're three and a half games back now out of the, out of the division lead, and I, I kind of feel bad. I feel like this might be my fault. All right, Joe Berg, it's always his fault. The Scoreboard with Joe Berg airs Monday through Friday from 6 to 7 p.m. The Cincinnati Reds sense the scoreboard bandwagon them, doing very similar to Joe Berg's Caesar's Palace app via VPN here in North Carolina. Uh, Joe, always appreciate the time. Uh, Thanks for the inside information. I might bring you on to the coaching staff with me now that uh, Tepper called me to take over for Frank Wright after the terrible shellacking that the Panthers took. But hey, it's early. 
It's early on in the season. We got plenty of time left. Plenty of show left. Oh, wait, there's only one more segment before Pat Shannon, the world-famous Pat Shannon, takes the stage. Looking forward to it. I love you, my kids. We're coming right back. Good morning, LKN. Justin Kazepis, 848, Bills on the Sticks. I always wanted to be on a game show. Like, I always thought it would be cool, like Wheel of Fortune. I think I, I, think I would like that one a lot. Uh, Family Feud also one definitely a, a big fan of. Steve Harvey, right? Steve Harvey's the the, the host of, of Family Feud. I love Family Feud. Family Feud is hilarious. Steve Harvey is hilarious. By it's the on way. the board, Steve. It's <laughs> but it, it kind of went sideways. Not not so much the show, but there was a contestant on there, a Tim Blyfnick. Blyfnick. Dude made a joke on the show, turned out to be closer to reality and, and uncomfortable as compared to anybody would want. So, so at one point, he gets asked the question, what's the biggest mistake you made at your wedding? Laughs. The crowd laughs. Ha, 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 ha. Don't say anything to get in trouble, Tim. Don't pull a Justin. Don't say anything to get in trouble. And he jokes, says, honey, I love you. And his answer for the board Saying I do. The biggest mistake of his wedding, saying I do. Turns out, funny, but he was serious. Dude got convicted of murder. Killing the wife. There's some things with these game shows you gotta be careful of. You never know somebody. You don't know somebody. Like, haha, what was the biggest mistake you ever made? Haha, oh, what you could do? Or is this what I actually did? No, it's just what you could do. I robbed a bank. Maybe that's what people do. Maybe that's the way. Is it kind of like, you know when you see these crime shows, Bill, and there's like the people talking, but they never get in trouble for being on the show doing the activity? You ever notice that? Like, like oh, no, this ain't, you can't prove this is cocaine right here. You can't prove that's cocaine because we didn't test it. Like, that's like the legal rule around it, like when it's on like a show. Like, oh, it's a documentary, but like, you know, it wasn't tested so maybe it was just, you know, baking soda. Yeah, super nervous for where this is going. Go on. <laughs> I wish I knew. And, and so <laughs> you think about game shows and all that, it, it, gets, a, it gets a little a little hairy sometimes, and you, and you got to be careful. I, I, there's some shows that, like, take it too far, like The Bachelor. Okay, I never really watched The Bachelor. Anybody into The Bachelor? I, I, I watch it. You watch The Bachelor. I How many it. seasons has there been of The Bachelor? A lot of seasons. Too many. Yeah, a lot. More than there should have been. How it's not illegal, I don't know. But they're getting even squirrelier with it now. They have now The Golden Bachelor. Oh, yeah. Are you going to watch this? I will probably not have much of a choice. What's the premise here? Uh, one Golden Bachelor, which is a special edition of Bachelor. A term of art. Yes, um, so it's going to be uh, older older folks. So they got their golden bachelor. He is going to be, um, I think he's like 71 years old, so he'll be the bachelor, and some bachelorettes will come in, and maybe they get married at the end of the show. Find love. Like, like don't, don't they wonder, like, could this end badly? Like, like, dude is so excited he has a stroke. Nope, nope, we're, we're going to pull the positive. Dude's so happy he falls in love. That's the headline we want to see. Is it going to be matched, or are we going to have like this weird, awkward Hugh Hefner scenario, like 71-year-old dude, 20-year-old women? I'd probably watch that, too. 
I, I just, I can't. That's just not a positive, like, situation. Look, I'm all for, like, look, if you're in love, you're in love. I'm not going to de- go doubting that. Love, love. But 50 years difference? I don't think they're going to do 50 years difference. I mean, you're, you're talking about you're marrying your grandpa. Yeah, I don't think they're going to do that. I think they're going to... They're going to match keep, it. Yeah. So yeah, that's cool, kind of like The Notebook. You ever watch The Notebook? Yes, I don't understand this reference, though. So it, it's like a love story, Okay, right? yes, like, You can yes. be older and you can be in love. Like, yes. love happens for all. Yes. Have you seen The Notebook? I've seen it. You seen it recently? Not recently. Long time ago, like when Demi and I were in college. I'm terrible. There's another book like that Demi's reading. It ends with us. It's like this love story, I think. And like I always poke fun. It's like right. It ends with us. And like whenever she's reading it, I'll walk in the room, I'll see her, and I'll just do that. It ends with us. <laughs> and, and, <laughs> and so I'm not the one to sit in a room during these types of shows. Now, movies I will watch and I won't say anything. Like, unless there's a scene where it causes me to have a reaction, like, oh, shoot! Like, like I'll have a reaction. But as far as commentary, movies I sh- stay away from, TV shows and the ridiculousness that is, I will comment on. For example, um, last night, falling asleep to our famous trash TV show of the 90 days before the 90 days. And I, I get stuck on this one story, and there's a, they're, they're all outlandish. But the one of the 19-year-old girl who married the dude from Syria, and now she's, like, going to move to Syria. This is a 19-year-old white American girl moving to Syria, the, the, the Muslim country, where she is now full garb. And she's talking about with him, what, if I want to go out, have some drinks, and I want to dance in the middle of the street? What if I want to do that? I just move my hands around and start dancing. And he's like, no, 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 no. You can't do that in this culture. You can't do that. So it leads me to wonder, is this show even real now at this point? Yeah, that's tough. That's is tough. it even real? Like, like, come on, you're going to move to Syria and think you're just going to live a normal life dancing in the middle of the street like a 19-year-old girl? They don't let women do things over there. And so, I, again, I just, I just want to. So I'll have a comment on that. I might share it every once in a while. I don't know. I might hold back a little bit, believe it or not. I'm sure you're holding back. And so for this Golden Bachelor show, I'd watch. I'd certainly have some commentary. I think it would be cute. You know, a little cute, like, little season, season love going on. You know, a little salt and pepper happening, maybe, or something. I don't know. It might be good. What kind of dates are seven-year-olds going on? Are they taking the teeth out, you know what I mean, and chomping on the food when they're when they're eating together? Are we going to see that real intimacy? Because, you know, look. That's w- a very fair question, actually, because they do dates like bungee jumping. That's what I'm saying. Horseback riding. I, I want to see practically what life is going to be like. Hmm. You know, my neighbor across the street who had passed away, God rest his soul, uh, him and his wife, they were super cute. They loved having steak dinner together. So, and their favorite spot, they'd order from Outback. They'd order one plate. It would be steak and French fries. And they'd cut it up and they'd share it together. Like, is that the level of love we're going to see? Because you know there's going to be somebody who's super young in the lineup. You can't tell me it's all going to be people. What, like, what, what would be a reasonable age? If you're 70, what's the youngest age it's okay to date if you're 70? I do not have an answer. You got to give me a number. Give me a number. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) 
is, I don't know what you want me to say. Because <laughs> you see some crazy numbers line up. So is fifty is fifty okay? Twenty year difference? Sure. Okay. What about a fifty year difference in a twenty year old? I don't know if that's gonna match up long term. Well, there ain't much longer. Reasons. There's not much longer uh, once you get seventy. Yeah. So. I mean, even if, even if you go the full biblical length, you can go of 120. You're still look. You got less years in front of you than you got behind you, and that's okay. But I'm just saying, how much is too much? Right. So 30 years difference. What about 30 years difference? It might work out. It might work out. They might have the same life goals. So are you okay if someone's 70 dating a 40 year old? I am okay with the 40 year old making the decision to date a 70 year old. What about a 30 year old? If a 30-year-old wants to date a 70-year-old, by all means, go for it. What about a 20-year-old? If a 20-year-old wants to date a 70-year-old, I mean, sure. Ah. This is America. You can do what you want. Yeah. Okay, here's this. 18 and a day, 70-year-old. Very disturbing. Um, Not for me personally. Not my cup of tea, so... But, again, you're an adult. You are technically an adult. You're an adult. Technically, on the day of 18, I just gave her an extra day. Yeah, who am I I to tell anybody what they can and cannot do? If I was her daddy, I would have something to say. Sure, sure. I would definitely have some things to say about that. A little different if it's the daughter, I would imagine. But um, as long as they're not hurting me, then... Do you think most of these people that, like, like, if you're dating someone 40, 50 years older than you, that it is stems from daddy issues? Oh, Justin, um, you were getting me in all sorts of hot water. Did I? <laughs> the answer is I don't know. I don't know. I do not know the situation. I'm just curious, like how much is too much? Like as a society, you know, we're putting out this kind of show, Entertainment Tonight, you know, a 71-year-old. Again, you know there's going to be a girl in the mix. And I'm assuming that the, the bat, well, because it's The Bachelor, it's not The Bachelorette. Assuming it's going to be an actual dude that's the 71-year-old with the way weird things are happening now. Maybe it's like not a real dude. I don't know. That's a different conversation. Oh, boy. And and so you know there's going to be a girl in the lineup that's super young. Like they got to they gotta get ratings, right? They got to sell gonna, advertising. he's going to go ahead and give her the first rose night one. <laughs> Just give the first first rose. I mean, no offense to all of you, but I will take the youngest. But you, Brandy. <laughs> you are... The one. <laughs> and then maybe that's how the show goes. Maybe it's just a one-episode special. No. It's full be a season. Whole season. Full season. Full season. How many episodes are those seasons? Just like, uh, like give or take. More like than 20? Is like or? 10. I feel like this season so it's a has been pretty short. It's yeah. a short season. And it's going to air actually on television, or is this like a Netflix? On TV. This is a TV special. Yes. On TV. This fall. Okay. Well, I, I probably won't be watching, but I look forward to the highlights because I'll get a good laugh out of it. And that's okay. Well, you've been listening to Good Morning LKN, your source of all things positive. Your source for if you want to get your day started on just the, the best possible foot forward, this is where you start. And what really helps is that we've got someone that can fix all the issues we cause right after us, and that's Pat Shannon, host of the Home Ad Show. He's coming up next. Representative Jeff McNeely at 11. Shout out to the Ag family. Also, then, uh, Todd Starnes, for all those who are addicted, coming up noon to 3. 3 o'clock, we've got today is Monday, so we've got somebody, and then at 4 o'clock, we've got somebody. Wow, that's really bad. I should know that. Better yet, I'm going to go to WSICnews.com. I'm going to click radio shows, and I'm going to see that whole lineup. Good morning, LKN. I love you, my kids. We'll see you tomorrow. Ooh.